Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Coach Jason Brown. Coach, how's it going? Good. How you doing, brother? Good. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, my pleasure. So let's just go back uh, into a time machine. And uh, what was it like growing up in Compton, and how did you get into football? Being the only white guy, man, it's probably different than most people are used to. But it is where I was from, and pretty much I became a product of my environment. I guess that's what I, I kind of tell people. You know, I, I tell people all the time I'm a chameleon, man. I think I can get along with all walks of life or figure it out at least and uh, kind of play the game. But, it, you know, playing football and growing up in Compton, that's something what you want to do. And, you know, there's, there's more NBA players and NFL players from Compton, I think, than anywhere else, man, and uh, at least significant ones at that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we grew up doing that. You either gangbanged, you either went to school or played sport. And that was basically the three things, man. So, you know, I tried to avoid the other ones. And, you know, I went to school and played sports, and that was it. Stayed away from gangbanging and drugs and did the sport thing. So, you know, it ended up becoming beneficial for me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you were uh, pretty good yourself, huh? Uh, I tried to hold my own, I guess. I got a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You went All-American in Compton Community College. You had a few uh, NFL tryouts. You played Arena Football League. What was playing Arena Football League like playing versus uh, regular football? Man, I loved the Arena League. It was probably the funnest time of my life, professionally any, speaking yeah. anyway. There was only 19 guys on a team. There was really no backbiting. Everybody was pretty tightly knitted. Went over to Hawaii three times a year. I mean, it was fun times, man. It was good. You know, a, a, really a tightly knitted group, man. And nobody had any ulterior motives. Everybody was about the team and... Mm-hmm. It was good times. Played for a guy named James Fuller, who played in the NFL for a long time for the Eagles, and I still keep in touch with him. And uh, he's a real league coach back east now in Connecticut or in Maine. I'm sorry, he's at Maine, I think. So it was fun, man. Good times, fast, fast, fast pace. You know what I mean? Really, yeah. really fast for condensed field, and it was uh, hard to get used to for me coming off the 11 man, you know, grid. But it was fun. Gotcha. Now, after your playing career, what made you want to become a football coach? You know, when I got cut, probably the third time playing in Kansas City and various places, you know, I kind of lost the love of playing football, man, and to be honest, and came home for the summer after being cut again, I went up to my alma mater, a high school, a high school, and I said, man, I want to start coaching, and, and it's ironic, the first kid that I coached, you know, back in 03, or 02, 03, was a kid named Orlando Scandrick, who's had a successful career in, in Cowboys and Chiefs and the Redskins, but he ended up being my running back, and, uh, kind of blossomed from there man and I ended up taking off and running I just loved the, the aspect of helping kids and I think coaching was my true passion and love and not playing so I found a new renowned love and found and kind of went from there gotcha gotcha you started coaching high school first right yeah I started coaching high school man as a I still had the option to go back and play arena ball and mm-hmm. uh you know, I ran into my old athletic director when I went to high school, and he was still the AD there some more than 10, 11 years later. And I just said, you know, I want to get into it, man. And he got me the freshman coaching job, 
Mm-hmm. And so I took the freshman job and uh, inherited a pretty decent crew of athletes, man. I had uh, Easy es son, the rapper, the legend, Compton legendary rapper from NWA. His son played for me. Mm-hmm. His name was Eric Wright also. And uh, he was one of my other running backs. And we had a pretty good squad. We only had like 19 kids, man. And, and it, was a, uh, it was a good run we had there. And then uh, I knew from there... I think I had the it factor, what I like to call it, and I moved on up the ranks really, really quick. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so I, I moved up the coaching ranks rather quickly compared to most. I mean, the next job I got was like an OC job at a JUCO, my alma mater, Compton College, the very next year. Then I took a, another job at Bourbon Day High School uh, in Watts, a legendary basketball program. They are also really, really good football years ago, and my shoot, I inherited a bunch of uh, three NFL guys, Akeem Ayers, who won the Super Bowl with the Patriots, Reggie Dunn, who ended up breaking a bunch of NCAA records and kick returns at University of Utah. He played for me at Compton College as well. But, you know, we had some guys, man, and, you know, it, it makes your job a lot easier when you got good players. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So how did you, a guy from California, how did you end up in Kansas and you started coaching at Garden City before you went to Indy? Well, it goes back before that, man. Uh, only reason I went to Garden City, I was familiar with Western Kansas. So I played at Fort Hayes State, which is in Western Kansas, about an hour and a half north of Garden City. Okay. So I played my college ball there after I went to Compton College. So I, uh, I got a long story, man, that a lot of people don't know. But at Compton College, I signed a scholarship after there to go to University of New Mexico um, with a coach named Rocky Long, who's now the head coach of San Diego State. Well, I got there, and uh, my clock was up, so I couldn't go to Division One. Yeah. Since I was a knucklehead before, and I ended up wasting a lot of time, and my academic clock started at a junior college called Rio Hondo back in 95. So they dropped football. We were told we'd get our year back. We never did. So that year ended up really basically screwing me. So I ended up, uh, after junior college, I had to go to Division two after New Mexico told me I couldn't go to Division one. So I had to go sight unseen, basically, to Fort Hayes State, which was, you know, great Division two had beautiful facilities. They're in the powerhouse conference, the best in the country right now, mm-hmm. called my double A. Uh, at the time when I played, we were in the RMAC, but we still facility-wise and, you know, all that type of stuff, fan base, everything, considering Division Two, you know, it was, a, it was a great spot. So I went there. They took care of me, man. I re- they adopted me, man, to be honest. So Kansas was always pretty good to me. So I, I went there, and uh, I kind of had the landscape. And then from there, I got a shot with Kansas City. Uh, you know, five and a half hours across the state. And so I was familiar with both parts. And so then I got the Garden City job later on. It wasn't that much of a shocker for me. And then Independence, obviously, was the first time in the southeastern part of the state for me. And so, you know, that time was well spent, too. Gotcha, gotcha. So how'd you get the position at Independence Community College? I think my time at Garden City basically put my name on the map. You know, my name was on the map in California as far as being a recruiter and a coach in California, but California junior college is totally different. There's no dorms, there's no scholarships, there's no meal plan. Mm-hmm. Kansas has all that. So I had to pretty much adapt and overcome all that because I wasn't used to it, so it was new to me. But at Garden City, the nine months I was there or whatever, you know, I brought in about 126 players myself on scholarship, mm-hmm. which was, you know, eye-opening to everybody. So obviously they knew I could recruit basically anywhere. So that kind of opened all the upper administrators' eyes in Kansas, obviously. So when I resigned at Garden City and went home back home to Long Beach, California, for a few months and kind of planned out my next move, Tammy uh, Hayes at the time, who's the athletic director, and Vice President at Independence, she gave me a shout and just said, you know, I came highly recommended from the, who is now the president at Garden City. And, you know, he wrote me a letter of recommendation.
there because it was just a bad situation and uh, everybody knew it. So I left there and came to Indy. She asked me for an interview if I would fly out. So I flew out to Independence and, you know, she put me on like a 10-hour interview, man. It was pretty uh, extensive and very well done. And she uh, she put me through an in-depth uh, review, man. It was pretty good. So anyway, I did that and the rest is history. Gotcha, gotcha. And then uh, going into the Last Chance You segment, like when did you know you were going to be on Last Chance You? Um, you know, they called me one day, like I tell everybody in the story, I, they, they called me one day, I was in the office with my staff, they left a voicemail, they said who they were, I never watched the East Mississippi one, so I really didn't know anything much about it, I knew it was pretty good at yeah. marketing for kids and young coaches, so I kind of said, I don't know if I'm interested, so my younger staff kind of talked me into at least taking the call, so I called them back the next day, spoke to a lady named Chelsea, great lady, man, she was the one that called and left the message, I talked to her, she set up a meeting, Greg Whiteley, the producer, and, and the crew came out for our spring game, our second year at Indy. So we already had played a whole year and had, had the best season in 30 years there. And so we ended up winning the last five games. But uh, we come back, and, uh, you know, I wasn't really worried about the cameras following me. It was more the microphone, and I kind of knew that. But going into it, they came out, and I liked Greg. He was a genuine guy, and obviously I guess he liked me, man. And uh, the rest is history. We They offered, we accepted, and then they came back in the summer of 17. And uh, we had the greatest year in independence history. And uh, so that kind of was what it was. So we went from there, and they wanted to come back again this past, or, you know, 2018 year. So, uh, of course, we opened our arms to them again, and uh, that was it. Gotcha. Did you watch uh, last season? Man, I, they send me the, the clip. They send me the show before it airs, yeah. usually. They send it to me, and they send it to us as a staff. And uh, I watched a few of the first two episodes with my boss speaking and from the town's folks and so forth so we watched it to kind of as a protective device basically but i didn't watch much beyond that i still haven't seen the whole thing seen bits and pieces here and there but i haven't watched the show and i don't know if i ever will man to be honest i definitely probably won't watch this year's one but you know that's kind of how it is i guess when you live it i guess like you're not really interested in watching yourself again but i really am not so yeah i mean it's kind of weird watching yourself too I would say. Well, yeah, what was it like just uh, camera following you around all the time? You get used to it, man. And, like, I think that's what Greg told me. You know, he, he filmed Mick Romney and all these different people in his career. And he was like, JB, you're probably the most uh, unfiltered person I've ever filmed in 30 years. And, you know, that's the reason I think he liked being at Independence with us and following me. But the bottom line is that I don't really remember the cameras or realize they were ever there. I mean, the only thing I became like, cognizant of was the damn microphones. Because yeah, I knew yeah. my mouth needed a soap bar every once in a while. So, you know, yeah. that's the reason I kind of cringed at the whole fucking Netflix thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when you're, like, recruiting a player, like, what's your pitch to get a player to your school? And, like, why do kids, like, like to play for you? You said it at the end. They like to play for me. It ain't about the fucking school, brother. I'm just yeah. going to be honest. Yeah. I've been at some shitty places. I've been at Compton College where they got glass and it's spilled and the, the dirt the track is dirt you think people wanted to go there hell no so it's all about selling yourself if the kid believes in you as the person that's the figurehead of the program i think you can have a kid follow you into war but you know the bottom line is i sold myself and i think being honest and truthful to these kids and telling them the truth i think uh, a lot of these kids especially single family parent kids you know they require it they just don't know that they need the discipline they don't know they need the truth to be told to them but I think I've been that guy my whole life, man, and uh, totally different off the field and off, out the office, but in the office, on the field, it's a different uh, JB altogether, and that's the person that works towards uh, 
truth. I'm going to graduate your kid. Uh, I'm going to get him a scholarship, and uh, I'm going to do it faster than anybody in the country. And that's my word is bond, and that's what's happened. Um, we broke several, several national records at Independence during my tenure. I think I already held some records prior to that in California anyway, getting kids scholarships. So the best thing that I say I do is getting kids a scholarship and getting them graduated. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a number of how many kids you got D1 scholarships? Yeah, total or at Independence? Uh, both. Totally, I've had about 226 now to date, I think, after this past class. Yeah. At Independence in three years, basically, it was 101 Division One. 40 power five we graduated every single football player that came through independence during my tenure and we had the highest gpa um, among football playing schools as well so we, i think we did a pretty damn good job yeah. considering uh, resources and, and things like that so when we got to independence brother i'm gonna tell you it was probably the worst junior college job in america when i left there there was 200 applicants for the head job so the job became a uh, top five ten junior college job in the country seemingly overnight yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely impressive. But it wasn't fucking easy, brother. It was yeah. a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, let me tell you. I tore down brick walls and put in a weight room and fucking you name it, painted walls and changed out the bathroom sitter and everything you can think of, I did. <laughs> so yeah. it kind of fucking pisses me off that I left the place, too, because yeah, someone yeah. else gets to tear at my shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. And do you keep in contact with a lot of your former uh, players? Yeah, all the time. Talked to him, Jermaine Johnson, yesterday. As the number one player in the country last year, he's at Georgia. Probably going to start. I talked to Emmett Good in the number one D tackle at University of Tennessee. Rakeem Boyd, I talked to quite often on social media. Yeah. Uh, he's probably the best running back in the SEC. I mean, so we had some players. Uh, there'll probably be 10, 11 players get drafted this coming draft uh, off that first show. So there's guys on that show that you guys did, they didn't really target either, like Delrick Abrams, a 6'4 corner at University of Colorado, will probably be a very, very highly draft pick. DJ Williams at Utah State is an All-American, preseason All-American, who had a great stellar first season at Utah State. He was much bigger talent than Utah State, not to knock Utah State, but his height sometimes hurts you, and you got to go group of five, and I think that was a great program for him. He's a power five kid, though. Make no mistake about it. He'll be drafted. So, like, we got guys all over the place. And, uh, you know, Calvin Jackson at Washington State, who's going to contribute very great there uh, this year. He, he did a great job as a true junior last year. Mm-hmm. So we got guys all over. Malik Henry's going to probably start at the University of Nevada this year at quarterback, which is a good spot for him. They throw the ball over the place. That's Malik does best. And, you know, shit, we got four quarterbacks playing Division One in three years. So, like, it's a good situation for a lot of those kids. There's a lot of Jamal Scott, uh, you know. He's at Southern Illinois playing, and he did a great job last year as a, as a true junior. So, you know, there's a lot of kids, a lot of places, man. And uh, it's uh, I can go on and on and on about the players that we sent on. And so, you know, I'm excited to see what they do. And they'll all get drafted, and, and that's all I care about. Stay out of jail, fucking graduate. Get your damn college degree and, and go on and make some money if, you, if you're if you fortunate enough to. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, you're coming out with a book, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later. What's the book about and uh, why are you coming out with a book? Man, it's the number one new release on Amazon, brother. You got you to gotta Google some shit, man. What's up with that? <laughs> How do you don't know that? It came out yesterday. Oh, um, <laughs> it actually came out. Friday came out Friday and uh, it hit the hit, hit Amazon and Barnes and Nobles online. It'll be on Kindle, I think, today. But you can buy paperback or uh, hardback. And uh, it was the number one new release over the weekend on Amazon. I think it still is right now, football biography wise. So I'm I'm excited, man. I'm appreciative of all the fan base too that supported it. And you know, it's just a tell-all book, man, about. 
about me and about, you know, people that wanted to know more about me from the show and they got to see the show, but, you know, they filmed me basically 3,000 hours to put eight hours of film together. And so mm-hmm. I figured, I said, hey, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Let me tell them about the more in-depth JB. And that's what I kind of did and uh, kind of talked about my, my rise, my demise, and my only guys again type attitude. So that's kind of what it is and uh, in a nutshell. And, and that's what I put together. And uh, we got it done really, really, really quickly and got it published and got it out there. And uh, Lynn Eddy is the publisher. She did a great job for me. And she's going to step me up on a book signing tour. And I'll be going all the way around the country, starting in San Diego, California. And I'll work my way up the California coast. And then I'll be headed out probably to, you know, the Kansas City Oklahoma areas where, you know, we were kind of nestled in between where the show was very, very popular. So we'll be all over the place, though. And uh, it's exciting times. And, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Gotcha, gotcha. You coming to the East Coast? Yeah, I'll probably be on the East Coast, too. I think I got to come to New York or something at some point to do yeah, a book yeah. signing deal. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah. Is there an audio book coming out? You know what? People have been asking like yeah. crazy. I don't know. We're looking into it. I got to get us into a studio, I guess, and do it. Yeah. But I'm going to find out. If not, I'll definitely be doing a second book, and I'll probably be for surely doing audio, see how this one goes. And, you know, yeah. I didn't know I was an author, but I guess overnight I'll become, uh, seemingly I'll become an author. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Hopefully it's a book worth the shit that people want to read, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I just sure. told the truth, man. I didn't really uh, know how to write the shit like that, but, you know, we got it done, and it's going to come out, and uh, I think it'll shock a lot of people. It'll tell people the truth, and it'll be a good read for football advocates or general population. Uh, you know, a, a lawyer or a, or a uh, business man can read it and uh, I think get something out of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm going to definitely check it out. And do you want to coach again, and, and where would you want to coach? Man, you know what? I don't know if I want to coach again. I'll be honest. Everybody's been asking me. I've been offered a few jobs before uh, – prior to me leaving but i just don't know if i want to do it man uh i don't know if this generation can handle jb to be honest (laughs) i don't know if my heart's in coaching right now because you know when i grew up playing people didn't tell on their coaches people didn't talk about what happened in the locker room that was the ultimate intimate setting man it was a football locker room so it changed i think kids are soft as baby shit now I think the parents are even softer, and I think the parents enable the shit out of these kids, and it's unfortunate, because I don't think the kids have changed a lot. It's the fucking parents. They're fucking horrible. So the parents change these kids, and now coaches like us across the country, God bless us, have to deal with these fucks. You know what I mean? So that's the bottom line, and uh, I love the shit out of my babies. I call all my kids my babies, but I love the hell out of them, man. But, you know, only the ones that can handle me end up making it, and that's the ones that end up going to the NFL. 220 college graduates and uh you know out of 226 guys man uh i've had over 130 kids get their bachelor and i've had 22 kids get their master's degree mm-hmm. those are numbers that i keep in my head and i know because those are things that are most important to me allow me to sleep at night so you know i don't want to use these kids like a piece of meat like a lot of coaches do unfortunately yeah. so we get the kids graduated number one and make sure they're good citizens number two and uh you, you never see my kids going to jail brother that's one thing you'll never see my kids go to class they graduate and they know how the hell to act in a in a, in a, in a town so yeah that's what makes me tick yeah definitely definitely what, what advice would you give like a young football player trying to make it to the nfl he gotta ask himself first does he love football because everybody says oh they do and then you ask them, when's the last pass you missed? Yesterday. And then you don't fucking love football. So that's basically what you got to ask yourself. Do you love football? Do I love football? And the truth of the matter is these kids don't understand that. I think that's the first question I asked a kid in a home when I went home visiting a kid and their parents.
does your kid love football? And then I kind of want to ask the parent before the kid. And then I ask the kid the same thing. Do you love football? And then I ask them, I want to see the damn, I want to see your attendance record. Not your grades. I want to see your attendance. Because grades don't reflect the kid's mm-hmm. uh, attitude. You know, grades are, we all have our shortcomings. We all struggle at something. Uh, we only know what we know and don't know what we don't know, man. But do you fucking get up and go to class? And that's the number one thing. Mm-hmm. So if you miss class, then you don't deserve to practice for me. And then that ultimately you don't play for me. So you don't love football because you're actually been in the front row of class and sitting there and being shutting the hell up. But that's kind of how it goes, man. But, you know, uh, tell them, ask them stuff they love football. And then, you know, uh, what do they want out of it? They're going to have to ask their own questions because it's gone beyond getting on my knees and kissing these kids' asses to play for me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they're going to have to want it more than me. And that's it's become, I think that's become an everyday setting for coaches alike. You know, I think people have to coach effort. You shouldn't have to coach effort, number one, and you shouldn't have to beg kids to be on time. Mm-hmm. If they love football, their ass will be there before you are and leave after you. So that's just uh, kind of where I'm at, man, and, and my, my basically my rant for this thing. But I think uh, they, they got to love football, man, or, or, or don't even bother coming out. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, you ready for some fun questions? They're going to go from average to savage. All uh, right, sure. What's your favorite song right now? My favorite song? Shit. Um, since I'm from L.A., man, Nipsey Hussle just passed away out here, so probably a song called Check Me Out. Right. I would say that's probably number one right now. So, so check my book out, too, while you guys are out there doing yeah. nothing. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And what about uh, what's your dream coaching job, like, say, before you uh, you said you lost your love for coaching? LA school, man. UCLA, USC, something here local. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm from here, so obviously I would love to live in LA and make good money. But probably one of those schools would probably be my dream. I grew up a UCLA fan. I still am a UCLA fan over USC, but uh, either job, I mean, you're not a fan anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People fucking pay you, you know? Yeah, for sure. Exactly. All right, last one. Who's a better coach, you or Buddy Stevens? Uh, who's a better coach? <laughs> It's a results-oriented business. He's won a lot of championships. Uh, Barring it's a shitty-ass league, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I don't think any – this is the truth of the matter. Buddy has a setup there, and it was something that we were building at Independence to kind of model East Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Buddy didn't have to coach anything. Buddy was a CEO. Buddy fucking slept around all day while his coaches coached and worked. Uh, I was a hands-on guy. I had to call the offense, implement the offense, coach. I had to help out on defense. I had to do everything because we're a program on the rise and had to do a lot of things. Buddy thing was a well-oiled machine already, so it's hard to gauge. But he's won titles, so you 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 have to say he he is. But if he ever wanted to get on the board in the office, you know, fucking bring it my way. I, I tell you that. <laughs> but that's with anybody in the country, to be honest. But. I think every coach in America will tell you that, too, who knows me. But, you know, people don't realize that they just need shit on show and, oh, uh, that's a shitty call. Well, you know, yeah. You don't know I had to get my fucking kid out of jail and get him to math class the day before eight, too. So, But anyway, that's a whole other story. And, uh, hey, it's results-oriented, man. I can't be a liar. He's won titles. And, uh, you know, we won a bowl game in Independence, and it was a great year. And I think that team, I would have loved to play that East Mississippi that year. I think we would have beat anybody in the country, but. Be that it is May, man, you know. We'll see how it goes from here and what ends up coming down the road. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, lets people know where they can follow you and uh, get your book at. Uh, I appreciate you. Oh, you know, it's on Amazon.com and on BarnesandNoble.com. You can find the links. Pretty much hate me now, love me later. Just search it in Amazon. It's too, too long of a link to give you, but, you know, yeah. it's on those two. It'll be on Kindle shortly. And the Real Coach JB is my website. 
So you can check out www.therealcoachjb.com and check me out on there, and it'll have some information on there as well. And uh, I'll be doing some speaking engagements and uh, the book signing tour here shortly. And, uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of uh, pretty good reviews, man, on the book and, and people wanting to hear me talk to them. So I love motivating people, man, young people, and hopefully I can save somebody down the line. And uh, if I can just save one, it'll be worth it at the end of the day. Definitely. Appreciate you coming on again. All right, brother. Appreciate you. All right, Tip. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.